I want you to go with me to John chapter 5, John chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 9. John chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 9. Because this is first Sunday, you stand so long. You can stand if you would like, but I won't fight you if you don't stand, all right? John chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 9. I'll be reading it in the New King James Version. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay great multitude of sick people. They were blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whosoever, whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatsoever disease they had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for how long? 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, he said to him, you want to be well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, somebody else gets down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And what happened? Immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And all of God's people said, amen. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. Um, I am writing a praise song now for our next project called Jehovah Gabor. One of the descriptive names of Jehovah in the Old Testament that we don't use a lot. But it deals with God being a God of war. A mighty God who is mighty in, in battle. Oftentimes, in the Old Testament, these are not names that God gave himself. Sometimes these are names that people gave him based upon how they experienced him. As a matter of fact, one of the most popular names we use when we talk about God, we call him Jehovah Jireh. But if you look a little closer to the, to the experience or the circumstance surrounding Jehovah Jireh being revealed as a descriptive name of God. It really wasn't the name of God as much as it was a description of the place. They called the place Jireh because this is where it happened. What happened? The Lord provided. We call God names based upon our experiences with him. And because God is God. Huh. Because God is God, the immutable God, the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God. He's so vast in all that he is. We're still unpacking him. I've said it uh, many times to you that you can have a master's in divinity and a doctorate of theology, but you can't master God. As a matter of fact, the one that we would say that really knew God, Moses, huh? God even told him when he desired to see his face, he said, you can't handle that. <laughs> he said, but if you get in the cleft of the rock, I'll let my backside pass by you. And most biblical 
theologians or scholars would say, seeing the backside of God allowed Moses to see the backside of time. And that's why he was able to write about a time he didn't live in. When he said in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God, he wasn't there with a pen or a paper. He had not yet been born. His predecessors had not been created. We are still experiencing God. And the way we experience him, we call him different things. Hallelujah. We speak to him in different ways. God is the prism of a, of a precious jewel. That depending on where you stand, you'll see another side of him that you've never seen before. The older mothers of the church I grew up used to say this. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. If this way of holiness is boring for you, you haven't come into it yet. Hallelujah. God is so vast in all that he is. Hallelujah. That's why we have so many theological uh, doctrines and precepts because everybody is trying to unpack him with it with our finite minds. Whew, God is so God. Oh, God, God is so God that, that our experiences are revealing him to us. And there's, there's another name of God I want to reveal to you today. And this revelation, uh, you don't need the lexicon or... You don't need strong concordance. I thought about giving you Jehovah Gabor, but we'll go to a different one. This is not in Hebrew. This is not in Greek. This is in English. Today, I want to reveal to you a descriptive name of God. God, the excuse eliminator. <laughs> I know some of you heavy Bible scholars was ready. All right, which one is this? The excuse eliminator. The part of God that we need to experience and we need to embrace. I want to preach about this just for a few moments because as we start this new year, we're going to do what we always do. Make great projections, some great resolutions, great goals, and you should. I believe every day is a new opportunity for us to start fresh. And sometimes not start over, but somebody say start again. Mm. God reveals himself to us through our challenges and through our experiences. Just like he did with his people Israel in their journey. As a matter of fact, he calls Moses. I want all my note takers to prepare to write this. When he calls Moses, Moses automatically starts making what? Excuses. He looked at Moses and asked Moses, he said, what's in your hand? Number one, I want you to write this down for all of you that have had great excuses why you haven't done what God called you to do. Use what's in your hand. You use what's in your hand. In other words, God will never call you to do something without giving you the tools to do it. Some of you think you need something else to be successful. If you could just get that one thing. But tell somebody, use what's in your hand. I'm a little leery about exhausting my energy to help people 
who haven't first begun to help themselves. Because in this hour, and I was telling to the elders on yesterday or day before yesterday, in this hour, God is not calling us to make dependence. He's calling us to make disciples. You're not ready for God to place something else in your hand if you haven't been a good steward of what you already have. I know some of you think you have a money issue. Some of you don't have a money issue as much as you have a discipline issue. Mm. And I know some of you have an issue with trusting God with, with the tithe. Don't worry, God feels the same way about you. Because he puts money in your hand every week. Oh, help me, Lord. No. Somebody say, use what's in your hand. When, when Moses looked at his hand, he said, all I got is a walking stick. But today I want to tell somebody to look again at what you have. Because what you have, many of us, we have diminished it. We have belittled it. When there's somebody who wished they had what you had. There's somebody who has done more with less. And you at least starting with something in your hand. Listen what Nehemiah says when he's building the wall. People start coming around mocking what he was building. They said if a raccoon run across it, it's going to fumble. And when people says, Nehemiah, come down and talk to us. You know what Nehemiah says? Don't have time. I'm about a good work. I'm going to ask you a question. What are you saying about what you're working on? It's not about what they are saying because some of you are consumed with the they and they are not even a proper pronoun. Some of you are consumed with fighting with people who don't count. But what are you saying? If God has called you to do something, have you come in agreement with God? It's not important that they come in agreement with God because what people would do, they will stand back and critique you. They will stand back and criticize you until they stand back and start copying you. You got to make up in your mind that I'm going to use what I got. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I have the anointing of stretching. I have the, I have the ability to take the little bit that God has put in my hand and I stretch it out as long as I do. Look at y'all some bougie folk and y'all ain't never had to struggle. That's what, that's what, that's, that's what it is. Some of you in this room, you ain't never had to struggle, but I know what it is. Hallelujah. That know that my gas needle is on E. So when I get to a hill, I don't push the gas. I float until I get on Friday. Y'all not saying nothing to me here. I'm talking about a stretching anointing. Because if you don't have discipline with what you have in your hand right now, anything else in your hand will go through your fingers just as quickly as you get it. Somebody shall use what's in your hand. That's what he told Moses. He said use what's in your hand. And then number two, Somebody say, use your voice. You use your voice. They get in the wilderness and they say, we thirsty. We thirsty. What are we going to do for drink? And the Lord in Numbers chapter 20 verse 7 tells Moses, speak to the rock. All of you who are looking at a hard place right now, you can't move it. You can't change it, but you can speak to it. 
Hallelujah. Oh, now I'm not talking to children that got to be carried. I'm not talking to infants that need to be changed. But there comes a time of your spiritual development and your, even your natural children's development. You start telling your kids and they go, ah, ah, ah. What do y'all say? Use your words. What is it that you want? No, 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 no. I'm not here to interpret your cry this time. You're in a different place than you were when you were first born. And that's what God is telling some of you in this room. You've been having pity parties and oh, it's me. No Nobody likes me. Nobody supports me. But have you prayed about it yet? You didn't talk to everybody else. You didn't made subliminal Facebook posts trying to get attention. Do you want deliverance or do you want attention? At some point, you got to use your words. Speak to your situation. Use your words. I'm not talking about praying amiss. Lord, help. Help how? Hallelujah. Lord, do, do what? Use your words. Speak to the hard place. Because I'm telling you, when fear hits your life, the very thing that some of you start doing is shutting down. Anxiety, you shut down. You get angry, you shut down. You get in your feelings and you shut. Somebody say, I shut down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just shut all the way down. Some of you all know I, I live in Lynchburg, but I also have a place in D.C. So when I have to go there and preach and stay for the church up there, because how my schedule works sometimes, it can go several days and I not go into one of my apartments. Because of my schedule, I think it was consecration or something where I was here a lot and I was on the road. I had not been in Washington, D.C. for about two weeks. And I walked into the apartment and I was on the phone talking to Enoch, working out some details. And I live by myself. And when you live by yourself, you're accustomed to living by yourself. And if anything drop or fall, I ain't talking about y'all that you the one in the scary movie, you always looking for something. Uh-uh. I lock everything down first, you know, and then I look out windows and blinds and investigate. I was on the phone with Enoch and all of a sudden I heard something that says, I do not understand that command. And I said, who? Lucia said, who is that? And then I realized it was my Amazon speaker. My Amazon speaker had been sitting on my kitchen counter for two weeks doing nothing. But at the moment I used my voice, it came alive. I come to tell 30 of you that will praise him that your next season is a voice activated season. God is just waiting for you to speak. Your app 
atmosphere is waiting for you to speak when God made you he made you in his image and in his likeness and when God created the earth he didn't use his hands he used his voice I come to tell you in this room that the world you live in is the world that's going to be created by the words that come out of your mouth so you can keep talking about how sick you are but I'm declaring instead I'm sick I'm declaring I'm healed I'm no longer broken I am whole I am above come on y'all talk to me in here and not beneath I am rich and not poor I'm sane and not crazy somebody shout voice activated oh man I'm I'm running out of my time now voice it's a voice activated use your voice then somebody say use your faith there were times in the scriptures after they had walked with Jesus and he would do something and he would rebuke them. He would rebuke the disciples because they were lacking, they were lacking faith. And I want you to know that's really what grieves the Holy Spirit. When we have walked with him and we still don't believe him. See, it's about, it's, it's one thing about those who are on the peripheral. Those who wear crosses, but they're not disciples. You know, those who are cultural Christians. But when you have walked with God and you've seen what God has done in other people's lives and even in your own life, nothing grieves the Holy Spirit like our lack of faith. I remember even when they were on the boat with Jesus and Jesus was asleep, right? Jesus was knocked out. In the middle of a storm, and they start saying, You gonna let us die? Wake up, you gonna let us die? Jesus! And when I was growing up in church, they said, You know, if you get in trouble, call on Jesus, right? They called on Jesus, and Jesus got up and rebuked them. Like, why y'all wake me up? Because we were we were dying. Really? You were dying. I'm on the boat, and you were dying. This ain't your first storm. This ain't your first boat ride. I wish I had a sanctified church in here. Push somebody, tell them this ain't your first storm. Come on, tell somebody, pull yourself together. Stop being dramatic. You walk with God long enough to know if he said we're going to the other side, that means we're not going to die in the middle. Use your, use your faith. Use, use your faith. Let me move, number four, number four. And then use your connections. God is eliminating your excuses, saints. He's giving you a community. He's giving you people around you. Well, I, just, I don't want to bother nobody. <laughs> I don't want to be a burden on anybody. That's the point of relationships. That our burdens are half and our joys are doubled. Hallelujah. You can't do this by yourself. We're not designed to do life by ourselves. We are relational creatures and God created us this way. And when God looks at the, sign, the assignment of Adam, he said it is not good for man to what? be alone we need relationship I want to say that to some of you who visit church but you never become a part or a covenant partner of a church you need community 
Oh, I'm not doubting you're not. I'm not saying you're not saved if you're not a member of a church. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you need to be a part of a country club, but you do need to be part of a community. A community, a community that you draw from, hey, and a community that you pour in. I'm going to say it again. A community that you draw from and a community that you contribute to. You need, you need somebody in your life to gauge yourself by. Oh my God. I didn't say compare yourself. I said gauge yourself because some of, some of you can think you're somewhere in God that you're not because you're living in the water, but you need something stable near you so you'll know where you really are. You need a landmass. Oh my God. Come on. You need something that's consistent. You need something that you can submit to because you don't, oh. Because you don't know how strong you are until you operate in this submission. You call yourself a Christian. Well, have this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He knew who he was, made himself of no reputation, but he came obedient. He submitted himself even to the death of the cross. Use somebody shout, use your connections. Because there's going to come times in your life that you will not be able to do it on your own to all of you independent people who don't want to ask anybody for help all of you independent people who are you your own savior you are your own team you're your own best friend because that's what the world teaches us the world is teaching us now it's all about me lean on me do me but I'm telling you God will fix it that he will never call you to do something that you can do by your yourself you will find yourself in predicaments where you're gonna need somebody that's why you better be very careful how you handle people because the same people you step over and the same people you look over may be the very same people you need to pick you up tomorrow oh because things can change by tonight I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor things can change by tonight speak to everybody be friendly to everybody the Bible says there was a lame man he did not have have the ability to walk but the Bible says Jesus the healer Jesus the miracle worker was down the street now the woman with the issue of blood she came up behind Jesus and she got healed by touching the hem of his garment but this man is so lame he can't even crawl but the Bible said he had four friends my God I don't need people who just to post me I need some people who can carry me I don't need some people who just trying to make somebody else jealous talk about we best friends I I need to know can you pick me up in the spirit without letting everybody else know it and say hey I'm pulling you in the Holy Ghost I need somebody that will look over and say I don't see you at church where are you you need to be here this message is for you look at somebody and tell them I need some help I need I'm trying to get my miracle and I need some divine connections will you run over to somebody that's a divine connection and tell them you're my divine connection this ain't a flesh connection you are divine connection you know when you got a divine connection because when you leap in the Holy Ghost they start leaping in the Holy Ghost when you start quickening they start quickening when you shout glory they shout hallelujah I need somebody they can get me there when I can't get myself there sometimes I sit with the pastors and we'll be talking and I have chance prayer moments and I'll be like, yeah, because I'm tired. I'm just this. I start having my little moment, my little lame moment. And then they'll start saying, but you know, 
and you know Ooh, you need some people in your life will you come up here with me you need some people in your life when you start looking at everything that's wrong hallelujah and you start feeling sorry for yourself they say yeah 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 but uh <laughs> you need some people in your life well i ain't got i ain't got this and ain't got but you do have this hallelujah I ain't got no money, but your wife is healthy. Your children is healthy. You got a roof over your head. You ain't lost no weight. You still eating every week. You need somebody that's in a divine connection with you that can shift your focus. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, don't let me be lame. Don't let me stay lame. Get me to Jesus. Get me to the presence of the Lord. Get me to my answer. Divine connections. Some of you need some new friends. Some of the friends you got, y'all in competition. Who got it the worst? Yeah, my head been hurting all night. Your head, well, my head and my neck. Your head and your neck, my back. To the point my right leg ain't here no. At some point, somebody, somebody got to say, uh-uh, no, no, no. We rebuke this spirit of infirmity. We are too victorious to sit around and keep having side stories. The Bible says the, lame, the man was lame, but he had four friends that got up under him, took him down the street, and when they got to the house, they could not get in because of the crowd. But they said, uh-uh, the God we serve is an excuse eliminator. They got up on top of the roof. And they start doing damage. Pull on somebody, tell them I need some friends huh, that'll help me do some damage. Somebody open up your mouth for your friends. Huh. Somebody shout for your neighbor. Shout for your buddies. Shout for your BFF. Shout for your husband. Shout for your wife. This is a divine connection. Jesus, we gotta pay. We gotta pay our taxes. We gotta pay our taxes. Don't you miss this one? Don't miss it. Look at the person beside you. Tell them use your history. We gotta pay our taxes. Peter, use your history. What you talking about? I ain't got. I ain't got no money for the. No, no. Where were you, Peter, when I found you? Oh, my shot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Peter, where were you when I found you? I mean, I was fishing. Use your history. This is a new situation, but you're about to get a revelation. You've been prepared for this season of your life. All your life. God says, I was preparing you when you were in obscurity. When you were in a job that you thought was a dead-end job. When you were in a messed up relationship. God says, I was preparing you the whole time. You need money for your taxes, Peter? He said something to Peter crazy. He said, go fishing. He, he didn't tell Matthew to do it. Because all Matthew know how to do is count money. But Peter knows how to make money. I come to tell about 50 of you in here. Hallelujah, you got everything. 
everything you need for the season that you're in. I need you to scream at somebody tell them, I got experience. God is going to use all my experiences, all my call center experiences, all my grocery store and Walmart experiences. God is going to use my construction experience. Scream at somebody tell them, God is going to use it all. Every bad relationship, every toxic connection, the bankruptcy, the repossession, God says, I'm going to use your history. He went fishing. And when he went fishing, he found money in the mouth of the fish. And here comes Jesus by this pool. Our priest, our priest, the rest of it. Here comes Jesus coming by a pool. Man been sitting there for 38 years. Jesus says, you want to be whole? Well, I mean, I would. I would have been whole by now. But every time the pool gets stirred, somebody get in before me and don't nobody help me. Does that sound familiar? And if I go around this room right there and ask some of you, why did you not reach some of your goals last year? You're going to start calling other people's names. But the Lord told me to tell you today, you're getting ready to experience him in a new way. God says, I am eliminating all of your excuses. I want you to face the person you're looking at and tell them after today, you will not have to ask your money permission to obey God. Ask your money for permission. I mean, I would. Oh, yes, Bishop, I, I would come up there to D.C. I really want to be there, but uh, I ain't got the money. Oh, I, I, I would walk out into my ministry assignment, but I got these kids. So what's going to happen? So after the kids get older. Then you're going to walk out your assignment. Oh, and then after the kids get older, you're going to be like, oh, my knees, you know, I would. Oh, oh, I would serve, but my job. Then you lose the job. Then you can't serve because you're depressed because you don't have a job. So many excuses. So many excuses. And God says, I'm giving you time to do what I've called you to do. And that's what that man started doing. He started making all these excuses. And not realizing the mere fact that Jesus asked him the question. The miracle was wrapped in the conversation. Jesus looks at him and said, rise up. It was in his words that I call you to do it. So don't you think I'm going to give you everything you need? I mean, well, where is it then? Because I mean, if he's going to give me everything I need, he give me everything I need, then I'll do it. It doesn't work like that. Because God ain't going to waste his miracles. God don't waste miracles. God don't waste provision to the point he told them, 
Don't even save the manna. Don't stock it. Don't store it. Because you trying to store it says you don't trust me. And I'm making you dependent on me. God says, God says, get up. I mean, I will, but I, the hardest thing to do is to try to encourage someone who does not want to be encouraged. There's some people in this room. You have affirmed your value so long based upon your trauma that you do not want to be healed. Because you're addicted to the attention that comes with your trauma. But tell somebody, I want to be healed. I want to be. I done sat by this pool long enough. I done watched everybody else jump in. At this point, people are swimming while I'm sitting on the side. And so some people that told me, I'm finished now. Thank you all for your patience. Some people that told, uh, we've been having conversations in our church about uh, being more healthy. And, you know, because some things, if we be more healthy, we won't have to rebuke certain sicknesses and infirmities as we get older as a church. We want to be healthy to do the will of the Lord. I mean, when I say healthy, everybody ain't going to be the same size. And, and I'm not talking about image. Amen. We want to be healthy. And so I, I've been intentional. I'm making some changes, but I keep saying, when somebody said, well, do you go to the gym? Do you work out? I says, I would, but how my schedule is. I really don't have time. And, and, and then I says, well, and then somebody said, well, you can just do a little bit in the morning. Like, yes, okay, yes, but I'll be so tired. <laughs> you see how my glasses is even trying to run away from me? My glasses don't even want to stand with me in this. And uh, then I says, I said, well, somebody said, what about, you know, uh, your place in D.C.? Don't you have, don't they have a gym? I said, well, they did, but now after COVID, they closed that down so I can't utilize. I had an excuse for everything. I remember uh, when, uh, when Cornelius was on his workout desire, passion, you know, that lasts for a little bit. And he was trying to get me to go. And what I would do, I would divert by throwing off on him. I said, see, you focusing on that. You need to be at the altar praying, you know. <laughs> well, I'm going early in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to be praying. Why don't you meet me for prayer? Just trying to divert away, making excuses. And I was preaching in Texas the other day, and I had to fly to uh, Raleigh to preach in Raleigh on Thursday night and when I went in my hotel room I, I knew it, it would be a suite and usually a, a suite sometimes would have two rooms uh, have maybe a little living room and a couch a desk so I can work uh, while I'm in the hotel I walked in this hotel room and I said oh wow this is a big room and then I looked around the corner in the room it was a, what you call it, a Peloton bike. They had weights. They had ropes. They had, I said, what in the world? God says, I am eliminating all of your excuses. If you be in the same place next year this time, it's because you want to be there. But I need somebody to jump on your feet and say, Lord, I thank you for canceling out all of my excuses. 
everyone stand. Thank you for canceling all, all of my excuses. All of my, all of my excuses. The Bible says the season has passed and we are still not saved. What is your excuse? Why haven't you, why haven't you surrendered to God? Well, Bishop, I'm trying to get this worked out. Hold on. Really? That's your excuse? When he says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. Look at my side. What's your excuse? What are you trying to pay off when he's already paid it off? I intentionally uh, preached this message today and I believe the Holy Ghost wanted me to preach it. So when you open up your mouth to delay another day, did you hear yourself talking and you remind yourself he's eliminated all of my excuses the bible says man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God I pray that you are blessed by the message today and if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, Seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.